Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. After Show brought to you by HelloFresh. Spring has sprung, and the less time you spend in the kitchen, the better. That's why some of HelloFresh's delicious restaurant-quality meals come together in just 20 minutes. Get 16 free meals plus three gifts with code INC16 at HelloFresh.com slash INC16. Speaking of fresh, we got a fresh new Raw tonight, but before we dive into all that, I always like to ask how you fellas have been. Jimmy, how was your weekend? It was a pretty good weekend. You know, the, the weather's been up and down here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That's how you have to pronounce every town now. Uh, it's, <laughs> you pronounce the province, and the city, the province, and then the country. Toronto, Ontario, like Calgary, Alberta, Canada, that sort of thing. But uh, the weather's been up and down. The land for me to always say it. Yes, exactly. Exactamundo, as someone used to say. <laughs> but no, been good. Been uh, hanging out, been watching, you know, uh, wrestling, trying to catch up on some stuff that I didn't get to see on, on Friday and uh, and uh, watch Raw tonight. And uh, we're going to definitely talk about it. <laughs> definitely got a lot going on. And Justin, any, any special news and notes from your weekend? Anything crazy happen? Just kind of taking it easy. I'm uh, clocking in here tonight with you boys. I'm clocking in Wednesday night with with Jimmy and Issa after Dynamite. And then after that, I'm taking the rest of the month uh, almost off. I'll be back in time for SummerSlam. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm, I'm starting to to get the uh, get the tan, get the bronzer ready. I'm starting to get the bathing suits ready. I'm getting the flip flops out. I'm, 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 get, I'm getting the uh, the tiki tunes to play some music. I'm I'm getting set for for my uh, my July vacation, so uh, I'm there just kind go. of in I'm in I'm in vacation prep mode right now. I want you to come back with like the tan, but like except for where the sunglasses oh, yeah. were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want one of those. I want you to have one of those uh, those tans when you come back. It'll be uh, that, and it'll be that, and it'll be a big old <laughs> white dome because I'll be having my hat on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be a funny. That'll be a good look. I think I think you'll be able to pull that off. Uh, <laughs> We got a big weekend coming up, though. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, SummerSlam, but uh, or uh, summer break and being back by SummerSlam. But we also got a big matchup coming. It has nothing to do with Raw, but it is a big one. Ric Flair getting in the ring one last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this year, it was announced that the Nature Boy Ric Flair would be coming out of retirement for one more match. Uh, it was set to take place at StarCast 5 in Nashville, Tennessee over SummerSlam weekend. Originally, Ric Flair and FTR versus a mystery opponent in the Rock and Roll Express. That has officially changed, and now it's going to be, drumroll, Ric Flair teaming with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, to take on Ric Flair's former TNA rival, Jay Lethal, and Nashville's own Jeff Jarrett. Mm. Um, obviously lots of history between a lot of the people in this matchup. There's a lot of predictions coming into it. Uh, Jimmy, I know you are a, uh, you someone who's been around pro wrestling for a very long time. Uh, someone else like, like Ric Flair has been around for a very long time. How do you feel about this matchup being the last, uh, the last hurrah, last who woo for Ric Flair? I think it's very interesting. I, I'm glad that it's a tag team match because knowing Ric Flair, if it was a singles match, he would go all out and try to do every single Ric Flair thing that he did uh, over the past, what is it, 50 years or so or whatever the career span was, including that that top turnbuckle slam bump and everything. But uh, no, I'm, I, I find it very interesting that he's going to team with his son-in-law mm-hmm. to take on... Uh, Jay Lethal's. Uh, so, so basically, we have Ric Flair, who's, I guess, pretty much an independent, 
teaming up with an AEW star to face another AEW star and Jeff Jarrett, who is now an off has an office position and going to be the special uh, referee in the tag match at SummerSlam. So you talk about forbidden doors. Mm-hmm. This is a real forbidden doors, and uh, uh, hats off and kudos to everybody involved for allowing this to happen. Because, it's like a forbidden patio. There's just all sorts of people just kind of coming and going, kind of hanging out on there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and it, it sounds it, it's made me want to check it out too because you know, uh, of course, before getting into pro wrestling, I was a big Rick Rick Flair, especially because up here in Toronto, we used to get Mid Atlantic wrestling a lot. Was a mm-hmm. lot of the talent that we that uh, uh, Frank Tunney, Jack's uh, uncle, used to get uh, Mid Atlantic talent, and I was a big Rick Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat, and, and wahoo mcdaniel and all those guys so you know like i said my only main thing is i hope they are safe they take care of him and he goes out the way that makes him happy yeah justin i i'd love to know your thoughts on this when i was thinking about it and looking at the realistic who you could possibly get for this uh, it seems like a a pretty good setup here i mean personally i would like sting but i don't know how realistic that would have been uh but how do you feel about these guys being the guys considering what you actually have to work with here well, like Jimmy said, I like that it's a tag match uh, because I think Rick would have, you know, he would have put so much pressure on himself if it was a singles match. Uh, there's something kind of, I guess, poetic is his newly uh, illegal son-in-law, uh, who, you know, teaming with him. So a little family affair. I'm so torn in this. And, I, and I'll give you the stuff I like first. I like the fact, look, Rick Flair, I mean, he's arguably the greatest of all time, right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, look, if he's going to have a last match, certainly the most poetic way for it to happen would have been at WrestleMania. He had that opportunity. We know that that since you know, he went back on that. So, you know, I- I'm glad that they are at least, you know, it looks like it's going to be at a pretty decent sized venue. It seems like tickets uh, have done well, obviously. The rest of the card, the undercard uh, is formidable. It's got a, you know, a mix and got some you know talent from, again, a, you know, more forbidden door, if we're going to use that term. So some some dream match, not dream matches, but just, again, some crossover um, opportunity. You know, it's got they've been doing this documentary kind of building up to it. Um, so I appreciate that they are really trying to decorate this up and make it as big of a deal as possible. It's 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 going on after SummerSlam a day after. So it's capping off a weekend of having a lot of wrestling fans in town. Mm-hmm. Here's my worry. I, I I watched the video that they put out in the announcement. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Obviously, you know how it ends, you know, with the, the matches that they're going to eventually get to. But basically, you know, it, it uh, there's a pivotal point of. You know, Jay Lethal, who's been training with Ric Flair, wants to be part of the show. Ric Flair basically says, you know, you're just you're not big enough. We're trying to stack this card. You're you're a first match kind of guy. And Jay Lethal starts to beat the crap out of him in a parking lot. Very old school kind of feel. Then Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett see it. They try to stop Jay. But then Rick doesn't want Jeff's help and is MF and Jeff. So then Jeff unleashes. And then they just, I mean, bloody Ric Flair. The Crockett's there. He's trying to separate it. They're shoving Crockett aside. Knowing what we know about Rick, he's 73 years old, has a pacemaker, he's had um, you know, some life-threatening. I, I couldn't help but just feel like I, I felt uncomfortable. Now, maybe that's how I'm supposed to feel. Maybe when push comes to shove, when, when July 31st comes, that's what's going to get me to pay the money or do whatever it is to see this. Maybe. But I also just part of me was just like, I'm uncomfortable. And then I can't help but think, because again, Ric Flair, and I ask both of you guys this, he can he's probably in better shape than your average 73 year old. Sure. Right. He can train and prepare for this. And the other three guys can try their best to protect him. And, and I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will map this out as, as best they possibly can, but we all know it is live television. And I, and I, and I think for the greatest ever, Taker Kane, 
Sean Triple H. They did that tag match a few years ago in Saudi, and everything that could go wrong went wrong. H gets hurt. Kane's mask is falling off. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, you know, train wreck. And so I just worry, what happens if this match falls apart or, or, or subpar to Rick Standard or to the, or God forbid, if social media blasted and, and Rick's going to have another last match? I, I don't see him, you know, and, and so and then I start, and then I just get worried again. And I, I don't know. So I'm so torn. I'm intrigued, which is what they want. And they put a lot of work into this. I appreciate Conrad and the group mm-hmm. doing the storyline, putting backstory and not just plucking out random names from a generator. So I, I appreciate all the effort, but I can't help but say I feel uncomfortable and and, and worried. Really, really, I do. It is, it is kind of tough because I've always tried to take the the road of, it's up to them. I'm not going to try to babysit or make decisions for them. Um, but there's that little party that's like, mm-hmm. you, are, you are getting a little bit up there. Um, you know, because again, I'm not, I'm not the athlete. So I, I don't feel like it's fair for me to say yes or no. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, you are, uh, <laughs> you, you are getting up there though. Uh, so it is a little nerve wracking. But at the same time, the idea of possibly seeing Ric Flair's last match live. I don't know how, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. there, I don't know how you don't buy a ticket to this. This is now, and, and this is coming from a guy who would have sworn up and down. I saw Sting's last match when he was in TNA at bound for glory. I was like, I'm going baby. I got to see this. I want to be at Sting's last match. And even though you're right, Justin, there's a very good possibility that next year he could be like, you know, tickets did pretty good for that last match. Maybe we should do last patch part two. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe he gets Sting next yeah. year. Or you know, I, I, look, I, yeah. I don't know. You know, who knows? Or, or who knows which WWE talent could be a free agent by that point next year with the, with the turnover and the way. And, and who knows what potential would be there from somebody from the WWE world? I mean, that's what I mean. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's, it's. Uh, and and I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's his last match, but, but we all know. Money is money in that in, in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And if it if it if if last match draws, and not 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 only that, like you said, Justin, he will want to go out the way he wants to go out. And if he felt that that was the not that was not when this match is over with, that wasn't the right way for Ric Flair to end that iconic career. Uh, then you know he, there probably will be that pressure inside him to say, listen. Mm-hmm. I got to go out the right way. I got to go out feeling good about how I did it. Right. And that's the, uh, that's the, the trick indeed. So mm-hmm. we did get a, a chat, a super chat while we we're talking. Uh, Robert Martinez asked, do you feel like the storytelling wrestling is coming to an end? Tired of different variations of the same wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think, and I'll let and Jimmy, I want you to, to get your thoughts on this because you've, you've seen it all. Uh, I feel like it's changing. I don't know if it's coming to an end, but I think like most things, you know, much like music, it's different. I yeah. don't think music ended, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I see, you know, where he's coming from, where he's saying that characters from the past are kind of recreated and reinvented and, and presented in a different way. That's just the way the business has been, you know, like Ric Flair, you could say is a knockoff of gorgeous George, you know, mm-hmm. and just a, a different version of that. That's how the business has been from since day one, just the evolution of characters. But the storytelling in wrestling is, it, it, there's two things. There's storytelling in a match and storytelling for an actual angle or so forth. I think to uh, to Robert's point, the storytelling in matches to some degree is uh, getting lost because it, it feels like a lot of the talent is more concerned about getting their stuff in 
and mm-hmm. and getting that huge pop for a reaction for the move as opposed to you know sometimes slowing things down telling a story in a match that people can get invested in and uh to that point i agree with it but as far as characters and different variations of 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 the wrestlers i'm okay with it as long as it's a recreation and, and reinvention and an, an evolution of a character yeah there's an old saying in entertainment whether it's movies t- television shows uh, music um you know everything's been done and everything is just it just it just who can recreate you know who can make what's old is new again and put just that small little touch uh, from something else and then it all of a sudden it looks like a brand new idea or it looks like mm-hmm. a um a, wow what a what a i want to say reboot but what a you know, resurge or re-energize of that genre or what have you. And that's, that's, that's all it is. I mean, that's, um, again, every, you could little, we could literally, we could, we could play a game. We could literally go down every wrestler we talk about tonight on Monday Night Raw. We could literally say that wrestler and then name the two origin points before them of who it seems like they are borrowing from or inspired by. And that, that's just that the nature of, of everything. You can ask any movie star, who, who did you look up to to get into the film? Ask any band who might, I mean, that's, that's just natural. I'm sure Jimmy has a referee that he saw that, you know, so it's just, that's just how it is. Now that you said it, Tommy Young, I hope Tommy Young referees that match. And Tommy Young's in that video that I was just referencing, the, 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 the big video uh, building to this Rick yeah. match. Yeah, there's actually a YouTube series, I believe, called Everything's a Remix. It's, I think it's a few years old, so it might be a little outdated, but it, it literally goes through like TV shows and movies and things that y'all like. It takes Star Wars and breaks down how everything's been like right. everything in there is even copied and all this other stuff. And it's uh it's very interesting to see. I, I heard one time that they said if you can make something twenty percent different, then it's enough to call your own. And I, I I don't know, I like that because it's easier to just steal stuff. Why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh when I run for president, borrow. that'll be the clip borrow. that uh, gets <laughs> borrow. borrow. Yes. Uh well. Let's get into the show. Uh, before we do, as always, I always like to say thank you so much to everyone who's listening on the uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or uh, watching along on YouTube, whether you're here live or watching it later. If you're watching it later, hit the like button, Sub- uh, subscribe, share. We crossed 100,000 subscribers, by the way, I just heard. Uh, I think it's because of us three specifically that we got over a hundred thousand. I mean, sure. There's tons of people who have put in countless hours to get here, but I kind of feel like it's us three. <laughs> the triple J movement. The triple J. Speaking of stealing things. We grabbed, we grabbed the, bat- we grabbed the baton and we crossed that finish line. <laughs> right. We got over the one yard line. That's that's, yeah. we were the ones that did it. Uh, we were the fullback that jammed it in. All right. Yes. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who's watching live, by the way, whether it's Sergio or David or Tox or Dylan acknowledge Jack Farmer's birthday week. It's my birthday week. Happy oh. birthday to me. Uh, we got new NYC Demon Diva saying, bye, Farmer. What? No, what? it's it's me. You were on TV today, weren't you, uh, Issa? You got a shout out. Was I was I mistaken? Did I see you in one of those packages mm. tonight? Uh, we also had a Zook Enigma who I, who I saw said was at the show. Let us know how the show is there. Uh, but we got Ryan and Rocky and we got Jax and we've got uh, Lee and RYN and No Bueno crew and Night One and uh, Jeff Lopez and so many more. Thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us in the chat. It's always appreciated having you guys hanging out um, while we chat. Um, let's talk about this show. Sure. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start with a promo that um, I think caught a, little pe- a lot of people off guard. It was mm-hmm. Titus coming out and it, it was kind of a feel good promo talking about WWE and what it's all about and 
putting smiles on faces and having a good time. Uh, and then he says straight up, we don't talk about politics or religion. Um, mm. Justin, I always like to give you these uh, these tough questions. What was this promo really all about? Uh, I couldn't help. And Titus is a great ambassador for them. He's a great, uh, he's so well-spoken. Um, I know him very well. I, I think very highly of him. So and I so they they had an opportunity tonight and they took it. Titus is from Tampa. He does a ton of work in the community. Even when he's not in Tampa, when they're traveling around, he does a ton of this ambassador work. So this is all. So they had a very front-facing, easy, oh, it makes sense for us to put Titus out there. It, I couldn't help but say that while what, while, while what Titus is saying, you know, he, he's saying it with conviction, it just had this feeling of – there's just a lot of controversy right now. There's a lot of – and it just kind of felt like in the same vein as, you know, Vince strutting out there just to say then, now, forever, just to kind of maybe stick it to critics or stick it mm -hmm. to uh, speculations. This kind of had that same feel of we're going to go out there, we're going to tout – we are WWE and there's nothing else like us in entertainment, which that is true. There's nothing else like it, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the, but they would, but the doing the, you know, you know, and again, oh, there's a lot of, again, negative news going on, you know, gas is nuts. Violence is crazy. Racial unsettling. I mean, it does feel like we are at a very crazy place, even more so than ever in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like a WWE opportunity to go out there and tout and toot horn. Uh, and again, some of what they said, you put, yeah, they are there to put smiles on face. They are there. You buy a ticket, you are supposed to forget about whatever problem you might be dealing with that day and just enjoy these characters and enjoy the, the, the comedy and the entertainment. But it, it just definitely had a layer, a subtext layer of uh, we have a chance to send uh, our Tampa resident and, and ambassador out there. Let's go out there and just stick it to. I, 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 that's just kind of how it felt. I got to be honest. That's, that's, I, I'm just listening to this. I'm like, this feels like there's a subtext to this. Yeah, it was, it was, it's tough because I'll be, and for me, just as he was talking, like, I kind of got it. Like, as soon as he started, like, I get it. We're trying to put the positive vibes out there. And there are positive vibes to uh, be sent out from WWE, to be totally fair. Mm -hmm. um, but then, like, the, the very specific, yeah, we're not going to talk about certain things, but like, oh, you didn't need to say that, though. You could mm -hmm. like, it was kind of implied. You didn't need to just put it out there, though. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and to the point of that, Jimmy, like, I, I, I mean, it's, I, I know that, like, they, <clears throat> It is weird when you when you are actually going to spell it out and say we don't talk about politics. Right. When you have a former president who's a Hall of Famer who's on a WrestleMania highlight reel uh, several times. When mm. when uh, I forget what Linda's title once was. She president. Right. When yeah. she's when she's had millions invested in a, in a political career and then had a cabinet position. It's like, yeah, you may not talk about politics on Raw, but don't mm -hmm. act like you're completely cut off from the political world. That just kind of sounds very tone deaf to say that i think i think they're talking from a uh from a present presentation standpoint of wwe to their fan base i think that's what they were talking about and i i totally agree with everything that you said justin about this thing it, it felt like it had an undertone to it but at the same time it's it, it was it felt like a little bit of a reminder that we have gotten away from what this business is supposed to be not only is it supposed to be there to make money for those who are creating the product for us to watch it's also we like you said an escape for us to watch television to get into invested in characters to have fun it's supposed to be fun and not only that wwe being there and seeing it live does give back to the community so uh there's yes there is some controversial stuff that's going around right now that they are dealing with and uh 
maybe, yes, the timing could be suspect on this, but I think they're reminding people that despite all that stuff that people are talking about, there is some good that this company does for, for, for people. And, and I've witnessed it, I've seen it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they continue to do it. And Titus O'Neill is just awesome. Like if you wanted a goodwill ambassador, there's nobody yeah. better. Yeah. And, and, and again, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not negating that WWE's right. done a lot of positive. I mean, you know, John Cena making record, which I mean, I was in the room when Connor met Daniel Bryan for the first time. You're like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I, it, it pulls a chart. Like I'm not negating that, but it, it's, it's, the, it's all timing. It was just the timing of like, you know, we're two weeks out for SummerSlam and, and we're going to use the opening five minutes to, to do a PR, <laughs> to do a PR <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Um, but I, I will say this, it's a, it's a branding thing. And I know Vince is, is obsessed with marketing. I, I don't hate, I, I don't, I mean, they're like, like 40 years behind SNL at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't hate them doing like the, this is Monday. I mean, I mean, I don't mind the branding of what different characters can you get in a context to, to announce the start of the show. Uh, actually, I don't hate that as, 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 as again, carny as that might sound, but um that actually grew on me a lot too at first i was like oh no don't do this but now to the snl point it has kind of grown on me that whole like live from new york it's saturday night or you know Mm -hmm. well it's kind of grown on me Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's i I love titus in fact every time he's on i always i always wonder why he wasn't a bigger force in wrestling as a a wrestler i mean he's doing so much great stuff now but like today i was like this guy just has like a like even the crowd felt like, oh no, we're gonna listen to this guy. We're not gonna what him or like cheer. Like when he was talking, people was like, okay, we're gonna shut up and listen. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, uh, like, in a good way, not like I don't care, shut up. But like, no, like, I, exactly. I got- he he has that thing that just draws you in. You know what I mean? He's got that mag magnetism. Yeah, magnetic appeal, whatever you want to call it. And and he's a good dude. And when you hear him speak, you feel it. You know it. You see it. You sense it. Yeah. So uh, it's cool. He's doing great things, though, and, and doing good things. So it's just nice to know he's out there doing doing mm-hmm. good stuff. It's a little weird opening, but I guess mm-hmm. it, it is good to know that the WWE is if we put all that stuff aside at the end of the day, it's good to know that they're doing good stuff out there and some people are benefiting. Mm-hmm. And we even saw some like kids are going to get backpacks later in the night and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think that's a cool thing. Yep. Um, let's get into the the I guess what I would call the true start of the show mm-hmm. when we get the the actual wrestling. Um this was a a lot of stuff happened all at once, but Becky Lynch comes out and she reminds us of what she's already done by saying some pretty fun Bex Express lines and uh, uh, rhyming train uh, innuendo. Is it innuendo? Or I don't know what the right word for that is, but you know what I mean. Um, and she's getting a title shot at SummerSlam for whoever wins tonight. Uh, Bianca says that this isn't the Becky Lynch comeback story. This is the Bianca Belair comeback story. And Carmella says... She's going to be the champ. So they have a match uh, mm-hmm. right after Becky Lynch hits a manhandle slam. And the match is all about that there's no champion's advantage. Um, and even though it looks like there might be some times Carmella is going to get the win, eventually we get Bianca Belair with the win. And that means at SummerSlam, it's going to be Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Uh, Jimmy, like I said, a lot of stuff happened. There's a lot mm-hmm. of storytelling as we talk about storytelling to get yeah. to the actual match, even in the, in the match. Um, how did you like the setup of the match before we get into like the SummerSlam stuff? Uh, I was okay with it, but it just felt so generic for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I, we're seeing too often, I think at least in WWE where someone comes out to ringside to sit ringside and some, and a lot of times join the, uh, the, com- the announce table and, and 
you know somewhere along the lines there's going to be some kind of a distraction involvement that sort of thing i think it's ha that's happening a little too often now but as far as the storytelling of the match the fact that they took away the the count out uh would save the uh the champion's title if they were to be counted out that that being negated so that if the champion was counted out they would lose the title i thought they did that storytelling well in trying to tease bianca getting counted out and having Becky even uh, um, maybe get involved a little bit, but it, from that standpoint, I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't. Uh, was it necessary? I guess after last week, it, it it was a continuation. At least that we can hang mm -hmm. our hats on and say, yeah, at least they're continuing from last week. Uh, Justin, again, we'll we'll kind of circle back to do the what this means for SummerSlam and all that, but. Um, I was a little bummed out because I've actually been enjoying Carmella in this situation. I'm hoping she's not out of out of the title picture or at least out of TV or whatever the case is. But uh, maybe this is me just overthinking it. But if if Becky wanted to cost Bianca Belair the 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 situation, she could have just she could have just punched uh, Carmella and gotten <laughs> Becky gotten yeah. gotten the DQ. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, you're right. Um, that's that's just kind of where you you know suspend. Yeah, yeah I mean you're right. Um, but overall, I'm actually, I'm okay with this. I like this whole, this Becky Bianca story because I like the fact that it comes full circle. I like the fact that it started SummerSlam last year under what was controversial. I mean, I remember fans really reacting very like what, like, you know, WTF. Uh, mm -hmm. And now here we are a year later and it kind of, you know, whether it was on purpose or at least I can say it was on purpose now, you know, it kind of like explains that like, okay, that's why she lost in 26 seconds. We had to let the story come around and her win the title back and um you know so I, I like that i mean i like whether it was intentional or not it's long-term storytelling is how you can look back <laughs> at it and i'm always in favor of that did uh and and to follow up on that it felt like they kind of telegraphed how this match was going to go pretty early on but i don't think we would have been surprised anyways uh that said though uh justin could either of these women survive a loss at SummerSlam? because they can't have a rematch but like what do they do if they don't if they're, I feel like they've been so tied into the world title picture for so long. Mm -hmm. Can either of them afford, without saying draft them somewhere else and go to another title, can they survive a loss at, at SummerSlam? I mean, I think both can survive. They're both former champions. They're both mm -hmm. uh, over like Rover, respectively, in the roles. So I, I do think that whichever one of them loses, you probably do need to move them to the other show for a little bit just to freshen up. I, I Just because you're right, I don't know what... What what I don't know what would be after that if, if they remained on on Raw. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I could see that. I don't. I'm not even gonna say draft because at this point the lines are so blurred. <laughs> you, you don't need you don't need a hall pass. You don't need anything to 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 skip over to uh, the Friday night room, so to speak. So mm -hmm. or or the Monday night room. So um, yeah, but I, I think I think both will be fine. It's just a, it's it's more or less a matter of how do you how does it happen? Don't, you know you can't have Becky beat Bianca in 26 seconds again. <laughs> nor do I think. In a match, you know, remember, obviously, the Becca, Be Bianca Becky last year at SummerSlam was a surprise. Boom, surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is an advertised, you know, marquee match. It's going to be a pillar uh, holding up this stadium show. So you can't have Bianca return the favor or beat Becky in 26 seconds. So I think how it gets done is key. Does Carmella play a factor in there uh, to keep her in the, in the mix? Uh, but that's the key is how is it done? Either can lose and they'll be fine, uh, but it's how it's done. Yeah, Jimmy, any thoughts on this uh, this rivalry? It seems to be coming to it. Uh, feels like a lot of long-term rivalries mm -hmm. coming to an end at SummerSlam, but uh, I, I guess we'll probably have a prediction of some kind next week. But uh, any thoughts on how this is getting to where they're getting? 
Yeah, I, I find it very interesting. I love the long-term storytelling of it, like like Justin said, and it's coming full circle. And as far as whether someone could survive uh, a loss in this match, again, uh, I hate to sound like Captain Agreeable, but it all depends on how the match is presented and how the finish is presented. It, it, you can get over without going over, as uh, some people say, and you can absolutely do that because both of these women are over. Mm-hmm. And and again, in the presentation of the match, depending on how they get into the finish and, and who goes over and how they go over, the other one could still survive. But but also, it does help to refresh them a little bit, uh, whoever's losing this match. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, when I, by the way, when I say, can they survive? I don't think they're going to get like released because there's nothing for no. them. I just, I don't know if I would be that engaged with it with all due respect. I don't know if I'd be that engaged with a Bianca Belair versus Nikki ASH rivalry uh, because Bianca Belair is seven title. Such a high mark. Yes. Sorry. Oh, well, Sorry. If, if we're going to put the title on the line, yeah, of course I'm all in for that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but we do continue on and we mm-hmm. get the guy who I think can take, just any jumble of stuff, talk about it, and somehow find a way to get to what he's trying to say. And that's Kevin Owens, who has the KO show. Uh, real quick, uh, I guess, um, production note. I love that they had it, the camera behind him as he walked out. I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. new angle that made it feel a little like, oh, we don't see that every day. But um, KO, he starts talking about Riddle being calm, and now he's over Zeke, and maybe we should be a tag team, and Brandy mm-hmm. Orton's terrible. And then it leads to a Seth Rollins beatdown of Riddle. Uh, Again, and and Jimmy, I'll circle back to you on this. Kevin Owens just finds a way to make sure he hits every single beat along the way and somehow end up where he needs to be. The thing about Kevin Owens is he's so good at just making the best of whatever he is given to do. And, you know, you hear people complain about, well, they gave me this and I didn't feel it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter to Kevin Owens. You give it to him, he's going to make it work because he he that's the kind of guy he is. Mm-hmm. He you know, you you know, you talk about the scripted promo and all that stuff, and everybody complaining about that sort of thing. Kevin Owens makes everything, regardless of whether it's scripted or not, you can't tell mm-hmm. because it feels so Kevin Owens. So it doesn't matter. And it's enjoyable. He gets you invested. And if it's him trying to get the next story over with other people. He's brilliant at doing that as well. Justin, are we ready to see Kevin Owens move on from Zeke? Well, <laughs> I think so. I don't, I don't know if they uh, envisioned the night after Mania that, that, that the whole Zeke thing and <laughs> would, would be going this. But, but I mean, you know, the fans don't seem like they've completely dropped off of it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, to, to expand upon what Jimmy said, uh, to KO's credit, um, he has uh, he has gotten himself into a into the class that you want to be in, which is like you said, he has his own voice. Uh, to, and, and, and I think part of that is his natural talent on the mic that he always had. And just, it's, it's just, it's just continuing to shine. And maybe he's getting, you know, I don't know, you know who knows how the process for his promos work, who knows it, it, how much of a script he's getting, who knows if he's giving a little, given a little more freedom to, to choose his words. But I think also just, if, I mean, look, this guy main evented at WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin this past year, he has been elevated in the minds of the crowd. And that was, that's, that's, and that's, that, that's obvious. Just as soon as those opening riffs of his music hits, people get up on their feet, ready to react. Some like to cheer him because they think that he's just so good, so entertaining, so entertaining at being a, a obnoxious mm-hmm. ass. Mm-hmm. Some think that he's 
just the bad guy they can't wait to to to, to get the middle finger to, and that's that's all you can ask for is the reaction. And so I think the fact that he has really been elevated into a class. You know, you you talk about who's still active in there today. Obviously, even Roman Reigns has, has moved into a lighter schedule. Romans, Romans music hits reaction beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton's music hits reaction mm-hmm. beyond belief. Mm-hmm. AJ gets it to an extent. Obviously, the Cena's, the Brock's. Um, in terms of the full time there every week, guys, mm-hmm. KO is right there. In terms of that, that that riff hits. Yeah. Uh, nobody's nobody's on their phone. Nobody's going to the bathroom. They're engaged with with seeing KO. Yeah, I, I kind of giggle for a second when I think about the fact that Stone Cold mm-hmm. came out of retirement to have a final match before Ric Flair came out of retirement to have a final <laughs> match, and that just shows how long uh, how long Ric Flair's going. But uh, to your point about KO, I think because he's just so unpredictable and because he just buys in so much to everything he does. I've been thinking about this, and I look at – I think Butch is great because he just – Butch just goes all in on what he's doing. I think Max Dupree is great because he's just going all in on what he's doing. I find these guys that just go all in on who they are and what they're doing, you know, to the point of the scripted or whatever. Those guys always seem entertaining. Like they just – when they just say, I'm just going to go as much into it as possible and not kind of hold back or – try to finesse it in some ways, but yeah, I'm going to be this guy and I don't know, he's great. I don't know. I don't, I feel like nothing from that is going to really play out long-term. Uh, I think it was just kind of a segment for the sake of the segment, but uh, it was entertaining. Um, but and, but the, the line that got me too is a uh, uh, bro KO. Bro KO. Yes. I could imagine yeah. people chanting that by the way. Yes. Bro KO. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I thought they were actually going to tag team for a second. I, I was thinking, you know what? This might actually happen. I'm almost hoping for it. I'm really <laughs> hoping for it. Oh, how big of a moment would it be if we saw like the moment, like the team for a while, and then KO is about to turn on Randy or, or mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Riddle, and then Randy Orton saves him and, and hits the uh, RKO on KO instead? Oh, ah, I, I lose my mind. <laughs> but uh, cool. uh, we've got um, – uh, we move on. We get uh, – a few Judgment Day uh, bits happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien uh, Priest reminds us that they beat up mm-hmm. Edge. And then, uh, by the way, mm-hmm. Graves made a comment. He says he thinks that Finn Balor may have seen it uh, 300 times, 3,000 times like we all have, which I thought was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. uh, comment by Corey Graves there. Uh, they guarantee Dom's going to join the Judgment Day. Um, the story of the match here is that Finn is um, – uh, Finn gets involved to tr- and Dom stops him before Ray Mysterio is about to hit his finish, but uh, he gets reversed and we get a razor's edge. I can't remember what uh, Damien calls it when he does it, but um, post-match, this is the best part. There's a beat down and Dom says, fine, I'll join. And they said, nah, that's not how it works, kiddo. And they beat him up anyways. Justin mm-hmm. Labar, you said that there's no way that Dom could be joining uh, Judgment Day. It looks like you're right, and as I see it play out, I thought that was the perfect way for this to end. Uh, take your victory rat- lap. You kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, predicted it. Well, up to this point, yeah. I mean, we're, we're still. I mean, if Dom's going to turn on his father, what better way to say I do it? The cool kids, the gothic mm-hmm. kids, whatever they <laughs> reject them. <laughs> but then it happens the following week when it's Dad's 20 year anniversary. Uh, in, in the mecca of sports entertainment. So I'm not going to take a victory lap just yet. Uh, if I'm on vacation mm-hmm. next week and, um, uh, and my phone starts blowing up uh, for the opposite, then I'll, then I'll know why. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked I – like From me. <laughs> from from Chippy, yes. If I see Jimmy text me on Monday night, then I'm going to know what just happened. Um, but you're no, not I mean, going to watch it while you're on vacation? No, probably not. <laughs> I mean, maybe, 
<laughs> if, 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 if happenstance would be that I end up in front of a TV for a minute and I see, but uh, I, I plan to uh, be near the sand, the sand and, and, and the, the, the uh, evening breeze. Nonetheless, I like the business that, that happened here. I mean, obviously, this seems like it's pointing towards an edge return. Next week, you know, they, 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 there's a lot of mention of Edge tonight, a lot of antagonizing from, from Priest on the microphone, reminding what they did to Edge. I, I got to say again, Priest and making that entrance, and he cuts the promo, the purple lighting's backlit on him. He's got the, he's got the gothic ring gear. I mean, you know, he, 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 he just, he, he just looks and sounds the part. Um, I, I don't know because of the Mysterio mix factor, but damn, I would love to see Priest versus Edge for SummerSlam. I, I kind of hope Ooh. that's, <laughs> I just think that's the, yeah. That's the biggest thing that could happen for anybody involved in this realistically. You know? And and Jimmy, to that point, um, it, it kind of shocked me that when Finn joined, it felt like Finn was going to be the new leader. But it feels like as we're watching this, Priest feels like the leader as we're watching this. Yeah, it's interesting because they kind of set it up that there is no real leader, that they are everyone in the group is equal. But as you said, Priest is really starting to stand out in this thing. And it's and if I can make a comparison to another company where you had MJF and, and uh, Wardlow together, and Wardlow started to uh, break out and become... This is what's happening with Damian Priest right now. He's starting to break out. He's starting to find himself. He's starting to get into a groove and a comfort zone, and it's starting to show, and he's really, really taking advantage of it. And to your point, that would be awesome to see uh, Edge versus... Uh, Priest at SummerSlam. That would be kind of cool. Priest has become that sneaky guy of always having great matches, by the way. I, mm -hmm. We always say like AJ Styles always has great matches. Priest is kind of becoming that guy too, where every, I, cause I can't remember the last time I was like, eh, that was kind of weak. Like they're always great. He always has bangers. I, I will say though that because they, you know, because they kicked Edge out and, uh, you know, I think, I guess, reassidelined with, with, with injury. I feel like they do need to add somebody else to the group because I have a hard time for them trying to sit, call themselves Judgment Day and, and more of a group cult mentality when really when I just see Finn and <laughs> Priest standing next to I'm like, this just seems like it's an oddball tag team. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're matching in purple and black. Yes, you're coming out with the same music, so there's there's synergy there, but I, I do need a group feel to it. So uh, I don't know. I kind of I hope it, depending on what Rhea's timeline is and whatever else, if a Mysterio is going to join, I don't know. But I, I do feel like we need to, there needs to be a strength in numbers for the, the 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 cult like groups that, that that's always been the fact that's that's mm -hmm. you, you can right. look at look at any ministry of darkness Wyatt family dark order any of them on all ends of the spectrum you need strength in numbers for the cult right. effect so does and let's we talked about edge a few times because they brought up edge multiple times they definitely mm -hmm. let us know that edge is on their mind still uh but we also saw more of those edge videos I just call them the edge videos because I feel yeah. like it's so apparent at this point I don't know who who else could be. Mm -hmm. But he did write this time, I'm coming too. And then we didn't see where it is. So, Jimmy, I want you to give me your prediction. Where is uh, Where are we going to see Edge pop up? Is it SummerSlam? Or do you think he's going to put something else on that mirror? I think I think we possibly see him at Madison Square Garden next week at the MSG show. Maybe he's the one who, uh, uh, you know, I think maybe a little surprise for that tag match mm -hmm. that uh, they've announced, uh, Dom and Ray versus uh, Finn and they announced it did they for next week or is that for SummerSlam? wait a minute i think it's for next week i think it's for next week at the garden right yeah we got ray and dom later backstage in the locker room right. yeah right. yeah so uh i have a feeling that he may make his presence felt next week at the at, at msg mm. 
we will see anything uh and just anything you saw from this new video that you was worth taking away i just feel like more uh souvenirs yeah but the, i mean there was a little bit more of the goth feel towards him with him writing in blood uh and I, you know when mm. i think when you when you think blood and, and and the whole video showing a timeline of edge's career uh blood's where it started with the brood so i, I can't help but feel like you know you know, we're gonna have the tag match again whether dom actually does turn and joins judgment day or whether again it's just judgment day just getting ready mm-hmm. to concerto and, and just uh you know circling the wagon so to speak mm-hmm. that then the video is going to play we're going to see i'm coming to it's going to be whatever it is and then we're going to see the entrance of a repackaged edge mm-hmm. whatever version that is whether it's him pulling from his brood roots whether it's something completely new um, but I don't feel like we're just going to get rated our superstar. I feel like the point of this is like maybe like a full circle. Like, you know, he started in the Gothic world, just got kicked out of judgment day. He needs to revert back to those roots to combat that, to combat this uh, monster that he created in judgment day. I, that, that's kind of where I'm feeling is that we're going to get kind of a return t- to roots. And that's why we're writing in blood, you know, and we're seeing the, 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 what do they call it? The cup, the, the chalice, the, what the the chalice of chalice. The, yeah. Yeah. The Gangrel. That's cup. that's what it, that's what it feels like to me. Is is, is kind of a, we're going to go back to our roots. It would be cool mm-hmm. if Gangrel came with him too, just cool. for funsies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a um, and we actually got a couple um, uh, super chats. Let's knock these out real quick. But uh, mm-hmm. Michael Martinez um, says, "I feel like WWE is getting uneventful and effortless." Uh, example: Omos versus Dawkins, twenty-four hour belt. Becky Bianca three seems AEW has a more fresher feel to it. Is that just me, Michael? It's three hours every week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> AEW has the luxury of Don of of uh, to, to what Jimmy says on Wednesday night: ten pounds and five pound bag, and they're they're I mean they're they're down to the wire sometimes, going over by a few seconds. Mm-hmm. WWE's got three hours on Monday. Um, that that's just an, and then and then two other hours to fill on Friday, and then a premium live event every four weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's just a lot to have to fill. And I'm not saying that the, that the effort doesn't sometimes feel lazy or redundant because it, it sometimes it does. But I think there's a fair balance that has to be kept in mind. Of you could put on a banger three hour show, like we really could if you wanted to get crazy especially when you have all the kind of big names that come around for the big shows like a SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. You can get crazy and put on a month, six weeks worth of, of – so- that well is still going to run dry. It's mm-hmm. just it's inevitably going to – when you have to then also satisfy talent. If a Roman Reigns comes to you and says, I'm not working every like, – so now you got to balance, okay, well, we don't want him for Raw in Tampa tonight, but we need him for Raw and MSG next week. So you don't have a Roman factor to have that tonight. Uh, you got to deal with Cena. Cena's going to do this. you got to deal with this person – You know. Cody, Cody Rhodes was a huge investment. Yeah. He got hurt. That's the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. So now he's out until probably January. So, like, there's just so many factors. If you could write the perfect show and then five of the things that are out of your control can just come in and, you know, mm-hmm. USA Network says, you're not ending with uh, hmm. pick something else. That we, do. we You're not ending with that. Miz and Mrs. are doing great ratings. We need mm-hmm. them. We need Miz and Logan Paul with his 24 million Instagram followers to lead into that at 11 o'clock. We put a lot of money into that marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you got to write Miz and Logan Paul to end Raw, even if that mm-hmm. wasn't the – like, what I'm saying is, Michael, there are so many factors that we, the three of us don't have to deal with day-to-day mm-hmm. that it just it, – it, it is a job that is a tall, tall task. Yeah, and live production is a madhouse, and I can only imagine Absolutely. it at that level of uh, the WWE. Jimmy, you could probably speak to it, but just because you're also having to set everything up and get everything there and pack it up at the end of the night, not to mention all the planning stuff. But yeah, things mm-hmm. happen, 
things change. People go over and now you need to cut things down. People go mm-hmm. short. Now you need to add things on. And, and I'm just going to say, if you remember the attitude era, stone cold and undertaker had a match all, like every day. It felt mm-hmm. like for a long time too. I mean, no. those were, I love yeah. it, but don't, it's, it's not like this is a new thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, like to Justin's point, it, it's, it's not trying to cram as many people on television. Uh, I will say this about AEW. AEW does put on an exciting product. They, they're very action packed and they really, really delve into satisfying their core audience. Uh, and some people could argue that their, their one drawback is they're, they're focusing too much on that audience and not trying to expand their audience by giving them a little diversity, some variety. Uh, WWE is giving you a little bit of everything, and sometimes they're giving you a little bit too much of, of, of a variety. Let's put it that way. But, like again, to Justin's point, three hours of television on a Monday night, two hours on a Friday night. Uh, you've got a lot of talent that you have to satisfy, but at the same time, you can't make everybody a main eventer. There, mm-hmm. there, there, is, there is upper card, mid card, and, you know, Others that don't fall as high on the, uh, I want to say evolutionary scale, but that's not the right term. But you know what I'm trying. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, there, there is a place for everybody, and eventually, you know, mid carders will get elevated to the to a, a top level, and vice versa, and they have to move back in the card and stuff like that. And it, sometimes you're going to hit homers, sometimes you're going to hit singles, sometimes you're going to strike out. Just the nature of the business. And, you know, it's it's one thing that you can keep it fresh, but I, I have a feeling that if you have three hours of Bianca Belair versus Nikki A.S.H., and again, no disrespect to Nikki A.S.H., but eventually you're going to go, okay, I get it. I know I know how this is going to end. Uh, you can only have local talent versus world champions so many times before you go. I don't need to see this, you know? <laughs> so And, and, and like and to, and, and WWE, it's a double-edged sword because even though they're – TV viewership is lower than what it really has ever been, and but there's a lot of. I mean, look, they they touted tonight. You know, we, we're touting 100,000 subscribers here on on Wrestling Inc. on YouTube. You know, WWE showed that. Did you know fact they got 70 billion YouTube views more than, and they named the seven other entities combined. WWE's WWE is at the double edged sword of the fact that yes, their viewership on TV is lower than it's ever been, and people are using other mediums to consume it. But even still, even as low as the the, the lowest of the three hours is. The viewership for that lowest three third hour is still higher than anything else USA is going to do for weekly programming. Like USA doesn't have a hockey playoff game to have every single week, you know. So they could run Law and Order, they could run Modern Family, they could run whatever else they have in syndication. Nothing is going to get 1.7 million people to tune in of original content. No repeat here. Not a show that we all have seen before. But it, you know, so like. That's and so that that's that's WWE's double edged sword. I think some people in WWE they wouldn't say this on the record. In fact, I know they won't say this on the record. But there are some people in WWE that would say, "Yeah, I kind of wish Raw was just two hours. We only had to produce two hours." But they understand that because they do have such a loyal fan base, even if some of that fan base is dropped off on traditional TV medium, it's still better than anything else USA is going to have. That USA is already paying for anyways. So USA is not going to trim it down to two hours. Now maybe WWE when they maybe they renegotiate in a couple of years and they say, look, we only want to go two hours. I don't know, but probably not because that means it's probably gonna. That's the case for USA to counter and say, all right, well, we're paying you less money if you're gonna give mm-hmm. us less content. Well, we're not. <laughs> WWE's not gonna take less money. So it, it's just it's such a double edged sword. Of WWE is so embedded in with their fan base and culture that they're being asked to do more and 
by result, it can water the product down because of all the factors we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, and they would go four hours if a USA paid them more, I'm sure. But uh, Stephen uh, also adds into the chat: bigger match, Bianca versus Nikita Lyons or Raquel Rodriguez. Also, is Cross a better fit in AEW or WWE once again? Um, I'd like either of those matches for Bianca. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy, any thoughts on uh, Bianca potentially having a match with either of them or uh, Cross going to AEW or WWE? No, uh, well, that which match would be bigger? No. I don't know which one would be bigger. Like you said, they'd both be good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm partial to her versus Raquel. I think that 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 has more mainstream appeal. I think possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Cross, uh, I mean. You know, people say, is he better fit in, in AEW or WWE? You know, for me right now, uh, AEW is jam-packed. And mm-hmm. it's, for them, it's trying to find room for everybody there. And that's the problem why we talk about they try to cram um, 20 pounds of uh, potatoes in a 10-pound bag every week on television. Yes, it might be exciting television, but still, it's 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 a lot to digest. Um, would And... Killer Cross might get lost in the shuffle in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, if WWE utilizes him to his full potential, obviously that could be a good place for him again. But uh, where he would be a better fit, again, depends on w- which company utilizes his his efforts best. And, yeah. and, I, can't, and, and I can't tell mm-hmm. you which one it would be right now. Yeah, I'm partial to, to Raquel as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just cross. I think so much about cross. It was so hard. The presentation and you know, in NXT, obviously, especially the presentation, the entrance, the music cues. It was so captivating to think he never got to do it in front of a live audience. He did, you know, he did it in front of the, you know, the the, the, the staged audience, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I just think like every example, maybe with the exception, maybe the exception of Adam Cole, and his is because it's so fan interactive and he's so over. Every guy that's had a really cool entrance when they went to AEW, yeah, they might be getting more freedom, but like, like, you know, like Malachi Black, Malachi, Alistair Black had an incredible entrance, mm-hmm. an incredible entrance at WWE with the rising up mm-hmm. and the timing of that music, the visual. So cool. um, yeah, it was really, it stood out. Uh, it was a shame that he is not there. They've tried to do his own entrance in AEW and I, 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 I it's just like, once you see something, it's hard for, to then upgrade that. It's hard to then top that. So, you know, just from a presentation standpoint alone, and like Jimmy said, the, the risk of cross getting lost. I, I will say right now, I think inevitably, I don't know if it's six months from now or a year from now or two years from now, cross will be back in WWE. And if he gets back to WWE, they will, I think they'll know better what to try to have him go out and do and not. And I think not will be a, the damn gladiator uh, <laughs> garb uh, and, and, and sans scarlet. Like scarlet was a huge part. She was a huge accessory to the entire presentation of him and the success of him in NXT. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it all comes down to, like you guys said, it's it's also like, what are they going to do with them? I, there's so many talented people that could be great. It's just a matter of, do they get the opportunity? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, speaking of opportunities, uh, Seth Rollins is mm-hmm. going to have an opportunity to have a match with Ezekiel because Ezekiel doesn't like that he just stomped Riddle for no good reason. By the way, he also sprayed Seth Rollins with ketchup the other week. So I don't know why he's the one wagging his finger saying he's upset. Uh, but they have a match. It's a two-segment match. Uh, Zeke looks feisty, but Seth gets a second win mm-hmm. against Zeke, which means this has to probably be done. But 
Jimmy, do you does Zeke work if we're not questioning whether or not he's Elias? Um, right now, uh, the the second loss to, to Seth did not help that situation. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we were talking about Kevin Owens earlier. Kevin Owens was helping elevate Zeke in that mm-hmm. character and making this work and go, everybody going, this is so cool. You, we know this is Elias, but boy, this is so much fun watching Kevin Owens going through. It, it just, it has a different feel with Seth Rollins. And it, and for me personally, the Zeke character doesn't work as well with Seth as despite the fact that I thought they had a pretty good match again, mm-hmm. but it just, from a storytelling character standpoint, it didn't work as well as uh, the Zeke Kevin Owens thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Zeke, uh, I'm a big, obviously, huge fan of him. I, I, he's not getting booed. He's not, you know, the fans aren't rejecting him as like, oh, this is too generic of a baby face. But to like, he's like your question said, Jack, one of the things that has made Zeke is like the whole, like, everybody's in on it except for everybody is is playing along except for, you know, Kevin Owens. Everybody, everybody's playing along. So we can't l- let up from that right now. They need to do more with all their production and camera tricks and pre tapes and everything. They need to do more of, you know, Zeke gets a win or, or even takes a loss, whatever. And then the, his opponent goes to the curtain and his, his opponent's encountered in Gorilla with Elias. And uh, it, we need to do more of that to let the audience still feel like, because that's the hook right now. Until mm-hmm. until Zeke gets more established, I mean, he, you know, until he gets more of his own identity of besides just being Elias' little brother, we have to play in and, and to what has gotten us over to this point. So mm-hmm. I, I do agree. It's not if we're... It's not as it's not as he's Zeke is not as interesting if we're not going to continue to play the tricks and annoy the heels mm-hmm. with right the, the, with the ang- which again the fans latched onto the fans all bought into it they, they you know and so and 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 we're in on the joke they, and which was kind of a magical kind of feeling but I, I think that they do have to get back onto that for now until Ezekiel has his own identity that, that he can stand alone uh, by himself. It is kind of magic that that worked because if you had pitched me that idea, like there's no way that's going to work, and it totally worked. <laughs> uh, but and and to your point, Justin, too, I feel like they could even um, they, they could even be obvious about it. Like if he wore a fake beard and it wasn't even that good, I feel like the way they have set this up, the fans would still be like, oh yeah, that's Elias. You know, like mm-hmm. we would go with it, even yeah. if it was done poorly. Almost like I feel mm-hmm. like they don't even need big production at this point where like we're on board because it, it's because it's making the heels upset but mm-hmm. yeah if it's just elias being elias i'm kind of like oh okay i kind of miss or if it's just ezekiel being ezekiel then i'm just like oh i kind of miss elias elias was cool <laughs> but uh like I, like I think real quick too just just you know because i'm i'm the tremendous fantasy booker that gets to do this after the fact <laughs> i think <laughs> you know i think it was in the news this week that i think mick foley signed a new wb uh contract mm-hmm. i mean god what a layup to have a have a raw episode, you know, at some point, or even if it's something where you build around the legends to to have Ezekiel and Elias and Elrod, and they get to interact in in, in one episode over the three hours with Mankind, Cactus Jack, and and Do Love. Like there's just oh. so much there to play with of a uh, mm. of, of Ezekiel <laughs> meeting Cactus Jack and him going, "Whoa, my, you know." My 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 my, uh, my my brother. He plays guitar. He's a big fan of, of Dude Love. You know, they both share that share that hippie kind of vibe. They were just talking to each other a minute, and then later we see. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's little things. When I saw Mick Foley signed a contract again, I was like, "Well, oh, that could be fun." You know? 
I would love to see him as like dude love saying, can you believe people thought I was Cactus Jack too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and have them sitting on the same couch kind of like they did with Ezekiel and Elias the other week, you know. It's just, yeah. Like that would be the most vi- that would be the most watched video on their YouTube that week. Mm-hmm. You know. It would be hilarious. It'd be great. So hopefully they get back to it because that was good stuff. Yeah. Um we then get a one of these uh lots of stuff happens again moments where uh, the uh, Street Profits are going to have a match with, uh, or I should say Dawkins is going to have a match with Omos after they have an altercation backstage, or I guess they run into each other, not an altercation. But um, uh, we get a singles match, and Dawkins technically beat Omos, which has to be the biggest match win of his career, I would think, <laughs> from a technical standpoint. Uh, but we do eventually then get a tag team match between everybody that uh, ends up breaking down into a DQ after the Usos get involved. And uh, there's actually almost, looks like there might be some, uh, some issues between Omos and the Usos at the end there, which I think is kind of exciting mm-hmm. to see here. Justin, biggest, biggest win of Dawkins career, right? Uh, yeah, technically. Uh, cool to see Dawkins <laughs> in a singles match for a bit. Um, I, I, I don't know. This, this, uh, this did come off as a lot of time filler and, uh, you know the the first the first DQ of the ref scene MVP mm-hmm. after Montez mm-hmm. has been a little you know a little you know annoying mosquito that was fun okay so now we turn in a tag match now MVP who's in his five thousand dollars suit's got to rest mm-hmm. you know that's fun that was a cool little thing right I don't agree with him that let that's that's how the Usos interfere later and then because in the crowd mm-hmm. really I mean there was a reaction there there was a reaction but I I, I felt it was just a a felt cheated reaction and I don't know what it did to advance anything it, it, it just mm-hmm. at the end of the day when i look back at the let the, the 20 minutes that it just passed i'm like oh this felt like a huge waste mm-hmm. yeah and this was and jimmy i want to get your thoughts on this because i guess what the dq what bothered me about it is to be fair mvp is if you pin mvp i think it's, it doesn't hurt anybody at this point either right so i feel like they had an out in this situation no, they absolutely did, and and to have a, a, a DQ finish followed by a DQ finish, it just didn't work. And you know, sometimes the fan reaction is is what tells the story and tells you whether it worked or not. And it wasn't a fan reaction, especially after the second DQ. After the second DQ, it wasn't they were upset that you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. You know what, whatever happened, it was a oh, you got to be kidding me kind of reaction from the crowd. That's not the kind of reaction you want. Mm -hmm. You want them to either get upset with what happened and get angry with the outcome, or you want them to be happy about what they saw and somebody getting their butt kicked that they wanted to see their, you know, see win. But um, the the reaction told the story for me in that nobody was happy because they didn't like the outcome the way it was, the way it came off. I think, too, you, you telegraph it so much when you have the person on the outside at commentary, especially the Usos, who are pretty mm. clearly the kind of guys that get involved in matches. So when you go through this, like, I think it would have been fine if this was a quick, like, five-minute thing and they get to it. And you're like, okay, I, I see what's happening. But, yeah, like multiple segments, changes to the matchup. And then, again, an MVP who has already said he's not ready, already said he's not wearing his outfit, and also not someone that you necessarily need to protect in any way. I think you had a very easy street profits, pin him, bing, bang, boom. They look great. You can put that on the back. I don't know. It just felt very. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I like Omos looking strong though. Omos still doing his, uh, doing his thing. 
Um, we get a quick couple of, or we get a quick promo uh, from uh, the Miz that basically leads into the, what's going on later tonight. But the big one here, Justin, we get Veer coming out and he has something to say. Boo. And then he giggles. Are you ready for the next round, the next chapter in the story of Veer? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, he was a, he seemed like a top priority project for how long there. And then just, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't know why his segments mm -hmm. all of a sudden he just, we stopped seeing him have matches. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Did, did he nope. finish his, his Rey Mysterio stuff or did they just move on? Like, was there a blow off of any did, kind? Or? I mean, I, I feel like, call. I can't remember because I know that he, he attacked him to the point where they got like stretched off at one point. But then I feel like that we had like a match later, a few weeks later. I, I don't know. And, 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 that, and that tells you that I, I can't, you know, mm -hmm. we do the show every Monday and I can't tell you <laughs> where he left yeah. off. Yeah. And that's telling. And that's very telling. Speaking yeah. of, when was the last time the Mysterios had a rivalry where it wasn't someone picking on Dom? <laughs> that mm. being the, the case of this story, I feel like every rivalry is I'm going to pick on Dom and then Ray has to come in and save the day. But. Mm. That's more, more. Hey, that that could be part of the story that might be going on in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, it was very um, not a good look for for Veer. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I, I was gonna wonder. I don't know if you guys know, but like the 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 paint on his forehead is it matte? I wonder if there's like a meaning to like how much white is on there versus how much like because this time it was just lines, but in the past he's on like full like it's like one big block. I, was, I don't know if there's like a meaning behind that, but. Uh, uh. Maybe if, not. Not explained. So if his yeah. booking's been this inconsistent, I I, I don't know how much thoughts <laughs> behind what's I, I think I think the, the lines you're talking about uh actually spell out boo. Boo. Um yeah, that was not a um no that was not a vote of confidence kind mm -hmm. of background uh yeah. moment there. Um we get a uh a theory. I guess big chunk of time mm -hmm. he comes out and says he's going to be the champ at SummerSlam and that uh, it doesn't matter if he loses the U S title match, cause he could still get the world title afterwards, which I was not a fan of hearing that he said he doesn't even blame Ziggler for what he did, which kind of felt like they made that seem like not a big deal also, but eventually AJ comes out and uh, they, they talk to each other and um, they have a match. And this one ends with Ziggler hitting a super kick and causing theory to get the loss, the count out mm -hmm. loss. Uh, AJ wins and attacks theory after before staring down Ziggler. This is another one, Justin. It felt like there was so much stuff going on and it was like promo video package, promo video package, promo, someone coming out, promo, someone else coming out match. I felt like there was, this didn't feel like the smoothest flow of the night. No, it's, and uh, if it wasn't smooth to us, imagine what it was like to a live audience trying to, uh, to, to, to follow along. Yeah. I mean, this <clears throat> against another part of the, the, the struggle of, of the three hours of, of mm -hmm. formatting things and timing things up against breaks and what's going to hold the audience, you know, cause the promo between AJ and, and, and theory was very, very engaging of, you know, theory, you know, where, where were you when you're my age and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and style speaking for what the locker room thinks about theory. And that was a really good promo, but yeah, it was kind of buried in exhaustion, quite frankly. Mm. Um, and, and the match was, was entertaining. And then here's my big, I, I, I have less of a complaint now after I just saw how the segment played out, but I will say, when we ended the segment, when we, or excuse me, when we ended this podcast last week, the top story was Dolph Ziggler. Surprise, mm -hmm. Dolph Ziggler, and then yeah. he's 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 back to being a babyface. We assume he's 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 putting theory in his place, and that lead was totally buried tonight. 
they not address or utter Dolph Ziggler's words or his name or show any video of him until the third hour <laughs> to the point where I, I wrote down like they I forgot that Dolph Ziggler was supposed to be a big part of the of mm-hmm. I guess of the show then he does more of the same where he just attacks theory it's still the whole thing is the questions question questions so I mean I guess those the ideas we're supposed to still just be asking questions but that was just peculiar to me that uh, especially when you put it in context of we had even said last week Let's start off raw next week hot. Let's have Dolph Ziggler come out. You have my attention. And we started with a public service announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're 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 absolutely right. Because I, I went into this week thinking that Ziggler could be someone who might be a feisty, you know, fall period uh contender for the title or something, or maybe be the guy that works with theory to kind of as theory builds up a little bit more. But after this, I was like, oh, he's kind of just here i didn't i didn't didn't leave this feeling like man this is a a cool crazy thing it was just like oh yeah he's he's still here um Mm -hmm. yeah i i I totally agree and and like 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 justin said i i would have loved to have seen that kick off the show but you what you could have kicked off the show tonight with was that promo segment with theory and and aj have that Mm -hmm. lead into the match being the first match of the night and with with dolph coming out there Mm-hmm. You know, and then it kind of ties into what the last thing we saw, you know, last week on Raw, which we said, oh, good. And then I like, I do like the fact that he hasn't, you know, I'm going back on my, uh, from what I said last <laughs> week, I wanted him to come out and explain why he did what he did. But the fact that he came out and did it again this week, it's kind of like playing along. It's making you go, why is he constantly taking out theory? What is the reasoning behind this? I want to hear what it is eventually. But, you know, now I'm anxious to hear it. Maybe we didn't have to hear it tonight. Maybe we could prolong it a little bit more. But, again, placement in the show. If this would have happened at the beginning of the show, I think it would have had a bigger impact. The so this is I guess crossing shows, but he, something that bothered me about it was uh, theory was on SmackDown and didn't even bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, which okay, whatever, it's a different show. We'll pretend it's a different universe. But then, like I said in this promo, I, I maybe I'm old school, but it bothered me that he was like, "It doesn't matter if I lose the U.S. title match," and I don't, bl- I just don't blame Ziggler for attacking me because I got everything. It made it sound like so. Then why do I care? If you don't care, why do I care? Because like, it, it happened to you. You're in it, and you're not interested. I, I can't imagine someone being like, "Yeah, I'm going to play for the uh, you know uh, American Football Conference Championship. If I win that, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl." But I don't care if I win. <laughs> like well, okay i don't i don't know that 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 kind of rubbed me the wrong way i did like the aj styles uh theory portion of it but that part i was like i don't know i didn't know where he was getting with that no but uh, like you said the wording of that promo was was yeah it, like you said if you, if he didn't care then why should i care um, i get he's trying to play it off like you know what it doesn't bother me because i have but still right so you, like, should, you should be upset about it um, so, uh, we got a few uh, super chats here. We want to get through. We got package one Oh one saying, I think the show is missing having a title. That's a problem with a double champion. Also theory yelling at the crowd, telling not to say what was hilarious. Uh, I do agree. I like his interaction with the crowd there. Uh, Justin, do you think that this episode would have been better? Had someone been wearing the championship? Uh, well, I mean, I always think having a title holder is good to have around, but, um, you know, it's also a matter of what does that title mean? If uh, mm-hmm. 
the title holders are good, but it's, it doesn't. This the answer to that is not let's just have more title holders and what title means what. You know, like I'm okay if the world champion is going to predominantly be a SmackDown participant if that means that the United States champion is elevated uh, on mm-hmm. Raw. I think I think that's a great way to go about. It. And then if excuse me, if the world champion then wants to then move over and is more present on Raw for a time period. If the Intercontinental over in SmackDown is, I mean that that to me is the way this should work. I don't think more titles is the, you know, more shiny gold is not the answer. No, you're absolutely right because it was there was a time when uh, when Bruno was the uh, the WWF champion, uh, the Intercontinental Championship was, or even Bob Backlund was was the WWF champion. The Intercontinental Champion was the workhorse champion. That was the guy who showed up more on television, uh, who showed up at house shows and and really, you know, or live events as they're called now. Uh, And again, to Justin's point, that's what I was hoping was going to happen when they separated and put the U.S. title on Raw and the IC title on on SmackDown, that those would be the primary championships for those shows. But Mm -hmm. especially when they unified the two championships, the Universal and the World Heavyweight. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it comes down to presentation, I, I think, yep. in, in general. But we also got another comment from the tornado, Anthony Y, saying, uh, on that theory, kid, uh, ask Justin to ask Mark and Bully on my theory. Tony from Kansas gave his theory on a possible theory, uh, and Heyman come SummerSlam. Uh, I think he's trying to say that maybe he's su- suggested to, to the guys on Busted Open about maybe like an idea of Heyman mm. with theory at SummerSlam, like uh, helping yeah. helping theory cash in um maybe but it doesn't it really doesn't make sense like theory's already got the endorsement of vince mcmahon mm-hmm. why does and, and, and he can talk why does he need paul Heyman right now if you know like i mean like if anything i think the more realistic thing would be maybe theory tries to he keeps saying and calling a shot that he's going to pick up the remains maybe he tries to cash in on a Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar and, do- and before he can even actually get the cash in before the ref can actually officially ring the bell, the Ziggler pops up out of nowhere and super kicks him again. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems to be more in line with where they're going right now. It seems like that yeah. we are not going to be having a theory as world champion just yet. He's going to, con- he's got some business to deal with, with Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again with, and let's remember too, Heyman, look, Heyman with Brock worked because he legit, was part of Brock's circle. When Brock took his hiatus to UFC, you could watch a UFC pay-per-view and they show you know, the fighter entering the arena earlier in the day. Heyman was part of that crew entering the arena. Heyman with Punk worked because Heyman was a true advocate for CM Punk behind the scenes. And the, you know, there's a, there's a big story there politically of what went on. Um, Heyman with Reigns worked. That surprised me because that, I mean, Heyman has a history with the, with Reigns' family, but that that's a little deeper, a little more of a deep cut. They've made Reigns and Heyman work. They've tried to pair Heyman with other guys, uh, Ryback, Cesaro, uh, Curtis Axel, and it just didn't. And I, I and I think Paul Heyman is such a special. It, it, I think the audience could see through what what was real, what's not, and I and I mm-hmm. feel like Theory, having already been legitimately endorsed by Vince McMahon, having WrestleMania moments of Vince McMahon already, mm-hmm. I feel like that would look way too manufactured trying to just strap. Why would Roman Reigns have been the champion for 600 and something days or whatever the damn record is? Why the hell would Paul Heyman abandon that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Heyman as a character doesn't try to get on the low stock hoping it goes up. He's someone that's always on the the front runner. He's the guy that's like, 
he if if he was a pro football manager, he'd be managing Tom Brady right now because yeah. he's the guy. He wouldn't be like, <laughs> oh, there's a guy coming out of college that's really good. That's not who he does. So that's mm-hmm. not what he is. So if he ever left Roman, it would be because there's another monster dominant person that's going to be on top of the world already right. not that they right. could be on top of the world right and once upon exactly. a time and once upon a time he did go for the stock you know when, when he came out when he when he when brock lesnar made his debut out of nowhere nobody unless you watched ovw nobody knew who brock lesnar was right. um that but that was a different paul Heyman as well mm-hmm. he, 20 years later he's a different character you're right now the character that he is he only straps himself to the to the to the horse that's been in the that, that's in the winning circle. right Absolutely. he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't go to yeah you're right the, the guy up and coming why would he it doesn't fit yeah, yeah, and and again to to the main point too is like you said, theory right now is a talker and a very good talker, so he doesn't need that mouthpiece with him right now. Which Brock did. Brock yes, did. yes, absolutely did. Which was where I was technically going. Boy, man, we're on the same wavelength tonight, you and I, Jail. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like you guys on the same page. That's a dangerous <laughs> combo. But we have a few others I wanted to knock out real quick. Allison yeah. Tuckwab in the chat says, uh, "I thought they were supposed to drop PG." Uh, and on top of that, Nelson Moreno in the chat says, "What happened to TV fourteen rating? Intro showed PG." Uh, I believe they went back on that report, or there was so, a report, and then they changed their mind, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So. It- Oh, sorry, Jim. No, 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 no. I, I was just going to say Justin would know better, but my understanding is that they're talking about it, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. Right, Andrew Zarian of the uh, Mattman podcast, who is pre- usually pretty on the nose when he when he decides to tweet things and say things, he had said that was the plan that, that started this Monday be TVPG, and then he did go back and say, "Okay, we re- got it wrong here. It's being discussed. We they want to do it, but it's there's no date set in, set in place, and you know, um, and then even further, the kind of the, the belief is." It might go to TV 14, which all that does is just it, it expands the goalpost a little bit. You know, they don't have to, you know, they could say a few more words selectively, let the language be a little more risque. You know, yeah. But I, but you know, if, if people think that this is going to be the return of, um, you know, Yamaguchi, San, Yamaguchi san, choppy, choppy, pee pee, if you got that one. <laughs> no, that's not where we're going here. Um, yeah, they, they, they still are going to be a product that's going to position themselves to the mainstream as best as possible. <laughs> It just might be a little more, okay, you know, let's speak a little, let's speak a language that's just a little bit more authentic. And look, times change. You can turn on NBC and watch a, a drama at 10 p.m. On, an MB, on NBC and hear words that you used to never, ever be able to hear uh, mm-hmm. unless you were on HBO or pay-per-view or something. I mean, like, the, just, the, just the standards change. You know, what, what was rated R in 1985 now is mm-hmm. nowhere near, you know, it's so... I think that's all WB is kind of getting back to is they just need to maybe um, just give themselves a little wiggle room for mm-hmm. for the for presentation. But I, if, if anybody's expecting to, be, you know, some drastic revert back to twenty five years ago, you're you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I would say WWE they're not known for making big drastic changes. Uh, even when they say, even when they have the McMahon's come out and they say we're going to make a big drastic change, it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean there's going to yeah. be a big drastic change. Or hey, Heyman and Bischoff are in charge now. Mm-hmm. Not really a big drastic change. No. So, uh, yeah, probably would not be um, a big deal. We also get uh, Nelson following up with the question, uh, which rating did the Attitude Era have? I actually don't even remember what the rating was oh. back in the Attitude Era. Um, was it TV14? I want to assume so, because again, yeah, the point, right. yeah, yeah. They, they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, crotch chops and suck yeah. it and all that stuff. I think it was, T- I think it was TV14. But again, remember, you know, 
what what was the top two biggest marketing brands in entertainment uh in 1998 you're talking about wwe wf mm-hmm. and south park and then beyond mm-hmm. that you had then 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 lower to that you had celebrity death match on mtv right. top wow. movies in the box office austin power like it was just a different where 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 what was in was different at the time. And oh, by the way, WWE was a private mom and pop company. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there was no one. There were no investors to answer to. There was no record uh, profit margins being reported. That there are now, so it's just it's just a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we also have one more I want to get to. That's a really nice one. Ryan Ramirez says, "Love the show, guys. Y'all saved my life by bringing light and laughter. I'm going through so much. Thanks for being like a second family wrestling inc." Ryan, oh, thank you wow. so much for the yeah, kind words. Thank, thank you for being a part of our lives and being a part of the show. We appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it, Ryan, and I'm glad you're glad you're laughing because we're laughing too. We're having yeah. some. We're having a blast doing this. Trust me. Good luck to whatever it is you're going through. And yes, yes. Keep keep, keep, keep watching if, us if that's what <laughs> does it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, tough transition because now we're going to the six woman tag team match. Um, so buckle up. Here we go. Uh, we're going into uh, Dana Brooke, Oscar, and Bliss versus Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, and Tamina. And uh, Justin, I'm gonna tell you why this was the most disappointing part of the show for me. Uh, because at first, I loved the idea of this six woman tag team match. I was like, this is great. You're getting all these women on TV. They're having a match. They're doing something. You're building that women's mid card. And then the 24 seven shenanigans happen. And then we get the pin and 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 we get the pin. And then the match is basically over. Oscar gets to win. I don't know why the match wasn't over when they were pinning each other in the middle of the match between the actual contestants, but, um, I was actually thinking to myself, maybe the 24-7 title is done after this, but this was the most depressing, like, most disappointing part because I thought, oh, we're building up a mid-card, but really it was just another 24-7 title thing that literally went nowhere because we ended up in the exact same spot we started. Mm-hmm. This the lowest point of the entire episode. Um, <clears throat> show me a video package of something else. Give Theory and Styles five more minutes. <laughs> Anything else <laughs> would probably better. Not to slight, oh not to slight those ladies being seen, but this was not, this was not good. No, and uh, uh, in the infamous words, I believe it, it, it's Jr. who said, "Nothing more to be said of it." No, that was Gordon Soli, wasn't it? Well, Gordon Soli, yeah, nothing, nothing more to be said at this time. I mean, th- let's put it this way: what we saw there should not have been seen, at least in that match. It it, it made the six women in that match feel in- insignificant. A backdrop mm-hmm. to the twenty four seven championship, which is a ha ha gaga championship, uh, you know, which should be uh, presented more on on main event or something like that. But anyways, uh, it just did nothing for me. And it, and again, it ended back right where we started. If it was look, we whatever, however we feel about twenty four seven championship. Mm-hmm. If like Dewdrop ended with it, I'd go okay. Well, maybe it's a new era. Maybe they're going to do something different. Who knows? Whatever. But it was like oh, this all really just left us with the exact same situation yeah and to, and to your point jack uh it's uh, again all these pins are happening in the middle of a six-person tag match six-woman tag match again, yeah so you know the all the complaints i have about elsewhere with the refereeing and rules uh just everything just piled up in this match right there yeah it was and the crowd you could not yeah. hear them <laughs> i was yep. gonna say you could hear them but you you could not this was 
I, I, uh, I felt like this is the most silent I've heard a crowd in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. That's when you saw 8,000 people go to the bathroom all at once. <laughs> right. uh, like I said earlier, live TV, uh, you, you can't unsee. Yes. Yeah. You saw. So um, from that, like I said, there's not really much more to say. We get to the main event of the evening. Uh, mm-hmm. Ms. TV, Logan Paul, Ms. calls him out. Uh, the egos collide. Miz calls Logan Paul a rookie and denies the challenge. But when Logan Paul says you have small balls, he goes, oh, well, in that case, I'll fight you. Uh, how dare you call, say I have small balls? Uh, then Champa, they attack afterwards, but Logan Paul fights him off. Then we get an actual interviewer in the ring to ask a question, which I thought was pretty nice, except the Miz just takes the microphone away anyways and mm-hmm. – that's that. But he does cut a pretty heated promo afterwards. I thought that was pretty cool at the end. Um, uh, Jimmy, I'll let you start with this. Uh, I get why this was at the end. Um, felt like it didn't really pop hard for me. Uh, no, year either. no it, it's not. Again, and I hate to say it, but Logan Paul is not someone in my wheelhouse. So uh, I don't gravitate towards him. And he did nothing tonight. He said nothing tonight to make me want to get invested in him. Yes, at WrestleMania for his debut match or when he tagged with The Miz, he did pretty good. I, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I will give him that. But at the same time, he did nothing tonight with, either with his promo work or any of his physicality that made me want to see him at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I was I was actually kind of on board with it until it got to the the tiny balls part. And then it felt mm-hmm. very like, okay, yeah. we're back to back to this. But Justin, Miz, it felt Miz, like a, it felt, yeah, it felt so, like a, yeah, it felt it felt forced that we could unveil a new T-shirt. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which, uh, Here, here's where your TV 14 comes into play. We're gonna have a shirt that says "Hi, I have massive balls," and and you'll you'll have uh, a crop of 14 to 17 year old kids who think that that'll be very funny to have a shirt that says that. Yeah, and 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 for someone here who who is a big fan, I love blueberries. After tonight, I'm like <laughs> rethinking things. Every time you have a blueberry uh, now, Jimmy, I want you to think uh, about what. All I'm gonna be thinking about the Mrs. Balls. <laughs> this, you know, like. This, I mean, this segment was what it was. I mean, you got to have Logan Paul on. You're promoting this match. It's going to happen. But yeah, it wasn't a great ending in terms of like it didn't have a big wow ending. I, I will compliment Logan Paul though uh, to this point again. Uh, really good camera awareness, a good pacing of his promo. Didn't rush it. Uh, had delivered the lines. You could be he'd be heard. He did the thing where he was going through what he's been told. You know, he, he was told he couldn't do, couldn't uh, couldn't build a social media career. So he would look at the Miz, say what he was told he couldn't do, and then he turned to the camera. And said, "Here's what I did." And then, oh, I couldn't last and go eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. And then turn to the like, you know, you don't even see that on the regular from the the, the full time town. So I mean, like, yeah. I, you know, like little things like that. I'll compliment him. He he looks very comfortable out there, um, and he delivers the lines. It's just the overall, and then the champa getting involved. But then we have to like do the balls t shirt thing, and then the interview after the fact, Jack. It was just a sloppy, weird format of thing to end the show. It was not like. If if they would have had Miz tries to prov- tries to attack Paul and Logan bust out one big move, don't give it all away. Make people tune into SummerSlam to see him in a singles match where he's not protected, like Miz said he was mm-hmm. in a tag team. Deliver one big, you know, deliver the whatever. End with Logan and in, in the big with a big move, like okay, in there. But all the all the other Gaga that happened just kind of it didn't fit for the thing to go off the air. You know, put again, put it as a crossover earlier in the show. But uh, but but I go back to what I said earlier, and and in mm-hmm. response to who knows, some USA executive said we want the Miz and Logan Paul, we want that to be the lead into Miz and Mrs. That that right. that very well, it's a very real possibility mm-hmm. that happened. 
And so mm -hmm. WWE had to just do what they were asked to do. That's very exactly. possible. Exactly. And as I said earlier in the show, the crowd tells you exactly what you want to know. There were a few people kind of cheering Logan Paul, but he really weren't, he wasn't really that over as a baby face, was he? He's a natural and, heel. He's a natural. Yeah, it just it just didn't it didn't resonate even with the live audience, even those that that maybe are not very familiar with him. Even even they didn't sound like they were too into his uh, baby face role, for lack of a better term. So it, 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 the crowd tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and, and I think that I guess overall thoughts is since we kind of wrap this up, my, I felt like this whole episode felt very like they were trying to overstuff every little thing. Mm -hmm. And it just made it not feel like it flowed because it, everything just felt so like <clears throat> clunky. I don't know. The whole, the whole thing kind of came off clunky. Um, I, well, into that, uh, Jack, that, that might be a result of this being an unprecedented year where SummerSlam is a month earlier mm -hmm. and it's four weeks after money in the bank. So like maybe it does feel like they're having to cram stuff in. I mean, mm -hmm. look, Ed Edge is probably going to have a SummerSlam match and there's going to be five days to build to it when right. it's actually announced. Right. Right. You know, that that's kind of yeah. wild to think, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's um I I, I hate I hate say, you know, cuz as you mentioned before, you know, there's so much that goes on, so I, I hate saying negative things. I don't know why they were put the way they were, but yeah, mm -hmm. I just felt like this whole time I was like this I I, I feel like mm -hmm. Theory's opening promo was the perfect example of it of I'm going to talk, go look at the screen, I'm back back at the mm -hmm. screen, back at, I, yeah. as opposed to just like let's just get through this in a e nice easy way but eh, yeah. i don't know wasn't wasn't my favorite episode of raw but uh we got through it any uh yeah. any final thoughts before we uh wrap it up fellas no just looking forward to seeing what happens next week uh the go home show to to SummerSlam. i'm, I'm kind of feeling we're going to get a lot more to talk about next week that's for sure yes yeah well we will jack uh justin's going to be yep. uh, on a beach somewhere enjoying uh uh I'll be sipping maybe. an I'll be sipping an absolute Labar. Uh, tuning maybe. in, listening to you guys. Maybe I'll send a super chat. There you go, <laughs> Margarita in Margaritaville. In Margaritaville. <laughs> if you could send through a super chat stating your, uh, I'll, I'll tell you who the sponsor is. If you could just tell me what you would say for the sponsor, and then I can. Nice. I will be. I will. I will. I will be sitting on a beach having an absolute Labar, eating some Hello Fresh meals, uh, and uh, I'll take a blue chew. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> And Sounds I, like a fun night. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that does it for us. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow for the uh, NXT after show and Wednesday for the uh, after Dynamite show and Friday for the after SmackDown and Rampage show. And I don't know if they're doing a, a if we have a after uh, Ring of Honor show this weekend. Uh, but um, I don't know. I'm sure they'll cover it in some way. It's wrestling. We cover everything. Uh, that does it for us. Uh, Triple J, I think we're signing off. Ain't we yeah. great? Yes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.